Well, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening. Whatever time of the day it is, you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. And folks, it's, uh, well, we're past the halfway mark of the season and heading into, you know, the gauntlet, as uh, we've been calling it. I've been calling it the gauntlet, the schedule, which has really turned the difficulty level up quite a few notches here over the last couple of weeks. Beating the Cowboys before the bye, coming back off the bye, going to Kansas City and getting a victory over the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Really didn't really kind of see that one coming, honestly. And now we t- you know, turn our focus to the Buffalo Bills, a team that's coming in you know, been kind of playing under expectations this year. Josh Allen continuing to struggle and be like the modern-day Brett Favre. Is, that's who I compare him to. Just got all the talent in the world, a lot of all the arm strength you need, can scramble out of plays and make big plays with his legs. As tough as anybody, as tough as any quarterback in the league. But reckless at times. And we'll throw the ball up and um, oftentimes just not making good choices and good decisions. And so it has come back to bite them quite a bit this season. Uh, Bit them a lot last season. And the Eagles, I think, have to be opportunistic. They have to have that mindset, I think, uh, this weekend against the Bills. When he does make those type of throws and puts it up there, Eagles need to take it away. You know, they have to become that type of a team, I think, this weekend to capitalize on when uh, he gives them those types of chances. Because this is going to be a desperate Bills team coming in here. They need to win. They're in a very competitive situation, not only in a division, but the overall uh, playoff seating. And they need to come up with some wins, you know. So they're going to be ready to go. And Eagles need to be ready to go as well. Even in the midst of this really difficult schedule, they can't be overlooking the Bills at the Niners next weekend. Um, they got to take care of business. And this is what good teams do. Can't overlook teams. You go week by week. This is what Seriani preaches. And uh, they can't afford to slip up. Now, first of all, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that I hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving with their friends and families. I uh, I was spent time with my family, and we had a good, you know, Thanksgiving feast as we normally do. Watched some football, and early on, which ended up being the best game of the day. Uh, by far, the other two games being blowouts. The Packers gave the Eagles some help. I did not see the Lions losing on Thanksgiving, even when the Lions sucked growing up. They would win on Thanksgiving. They would somehow pull it out on Thanksgiving and upset teams that they played. Of course, they had Barry Sanders most of the time back then. But they weren't, you know, even with Barry, the Lions Really only had, a, what, two good seasons, really, when they had decent teams. They were never really a good team. 
They didn't always have Barry Sanders, and Barry Sanders, of course, did his thing on Thanksgiving. That was uh, growing up. I had the luxury, and I do call it a luxury, of being able to watch. Because keep in mind, you know, back in the day, you know, when uh, when Barry was playing, there was no NFL Sunday ticket. There was no streaming of football games. You got whatever games were on your local stations, and that's it. And so for me, being in uh, Connecticut, growing up in Connecticut, I had the Giants on every weekend, and so I'd be able to see the I'd be able to see the Eagles at least twice a year, and then sometimes if they were on Monday Night Football, of course I watched the Eagles then. Um, sometimes they would have the Dallas National game on. Really, he was only able to watch the Eagles a minimum of two times a year, sometimes a handful of times a year. Monday nights if they were on, and uh, maybe sometimes against you know if they had a big national game. That's it. I didn't have the the uh, luxury of watching Eagles every single week like I do now. And uh, so back then, what I'm getting at is you had the opportunity every Thanksgiving knowing that you'd be able to watch Barry Sanders play. And uh, in, in my view, in my lifetime, and from all the running backs that I have seen play, which now spans really 40 years of watching football, um, you know, I would say between ages of one to 10 years old, you don't really, you're probably not paying a heck of a lot of attention to football, but from 10, 11 years on, you know, you become old enough to really, um, watch the game, understand the game and, and all that, I believe. So I'm going to go back 40 years and say that the best running back that I have ever seen play is Barry Sanders. And there's really not a close second. I saw the end of Pey- of, uh, Walter Payton's career. Well, I won't say the end. I saw probably the last five years or so of his career. Um, And he was obviously great. I'm not taking anything away from Walter Payton, one of the greatest running backs ever uh, in his own right. I did watch him play. Um, Watched him break the record, as a matter of fact, at the time. He broke the rushing record, and then uh, only to have that broken by Emmitt Smith years later. But the guy that would have put that record out of reach is Barry Sanders, had he not retired early. Um. And uh, clearly was the best running back of all time, in my opinion. I mean, I didn't see Jim Brown play. Jim Brown also retired early. Um, And, you know, I've watched highlight film of of Jim Brown, and and clearly he was a dominant running back. And I think I might have mentioned this on my podcast before that, you know, if somebody wants to go out there and, and, you know, debate my – claim of Barry Sanders being the number one running back of all time and telling me that it was Jim Brown. I'm not going to, you know, I really don't have, I wasn't around to watch Jim Brown play. So I, I can only make an informed opinion based on highlight films I've seen of Jim Brown play and obviously being able to watch Barry Sanders. And for me, uh, Barry Sanders is the best ever. Um, but I'm not going to take anything away from Jim Brown or anyone who says that Jim Brown is the best ever. Um, so if you want to make that counterpoint, go ahead. Now, anyone else outside of Jim Brown, uh, that you want to put up against Barry Sanders, I will probably fight you tooth and nail over that one. Walter Payton might be the only one that, uh, you could arguably say was, was, uh, up there with those other two guys. Um, to me, that's about it. Certainly, uh, honorable mentions would be guys like Earl Campbell and OJ Simpson and, um, Guys like uh, uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, uh, 
if you want to go more of a current era, uh, he was a great running back. Marshall Falk, um, another uh, wonderful uh, running back, and then there's some others as well. Emmett Smith, I would, I don't have Emmett Smith in my top five, and he probably just barely gets into my top ten. Um, and I attribute that not not to knock Emmett. It's just that the guy had an amazing offensive line, and I think that that did help him uh, greatly in his career. Uh, I think if he was on a, a worse line, he would have had probably three or four thousand less, re, you know, rushing yards than he ended up in his career. Again, that doesn't mean he's a bad running back. Doesn't mean he's not wasn't a great running back. He was. Uh, Emmett had a lot of heart. Emmett had to still run through those holes and use his ability. And um, you know, I'm not not here to get into a long discussion here about running backs, but. The point of the matter is, on Thanksgiving, growing up, I got to see Barry Sanders play on Thanksgiving, and that was always a highlight for me and something I look forward to um, on Thanksgiving. So I hope you again had all a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday, and now we kind of uh, take the march toward into the Christmas holiday season. This Christmas is now less than a month away, or it's almost about a month away exactly. So... Um, Happy holidays to everybody out there. And we hope that the uh, Eagles can continue to um, show their persistence and resilience, like I mentioned uh, in my post game about the Kansas City game. They were resilient. That was the that was what they were. They, they probably didn't uh, – um, I think a lesser teams or lesser type of teams with that type of um, fortitude and, and – and, 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 inner strength and being mentally strong and all those kind of things would have lost that game. And a lot of people, you know, can say that the Eagles should have lost that game. You know, Valdez Scandling makes that catch. Like he probably makes 85% of the time. The Eagles probably lose that game, you know, very possible, but Hey, if Jalen hurts, then throw interceptions and turn, including the pick six against the jets, they'd be undefeated. Potentially. How the heck the Eagles lost to the Jets, by the way? I mean, watching this team play, I know they don't have a quarterback, but they didn't have a quarterback when the Eagles played them either. I mean, I didn't even watch the game today. I was I was traveling and listening to that game on the radio, and it's like three and out. I mean, the Jets can't even move the ball. They can't even get first downs. How did the Eagles lose that team? That might be one of the worst losses in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. Losing to the Jets in this this season, and it's not because the Jets don't have are a horrible team. Their offense is horrible because they have absolutely no quarterback and no offensive line. And if you don't have either one of those things, you're not going to score many points. But they have a really good defense. They have a playoff caliber level defense for sure on the Jets, and that's what won the game versus the Eagles, obviously. But still, you can't lose that game, I and mean, you don't have to score that many points to beat the Jets. And, uh, of course, if you give them, you know, points, then it makes it harder and the Eagles gave them points. But, you know, still, you can't lose to the Jets. I don't want to. It's just, it just, I shake my head when I'm like, the Eagles lost to the Jets. Ugh. Well, that's okay. That's okay. Because Green Bay did us a favor and beat the Lions. And I didn't see this happening. You know, I went over – in my post game, or not the post game, but the uh, previous uh, podcast when I had Matt on, and we went through the schedules of all the teams and 
you know, I talked about how Detroit is who I believe is the number one uh, team to look out for in terms of being that team that could potentially knock the Eagles out from that number one seat. And, you know, now losing to Green Bay, now they're actually tied with Dallas, who won this weekend, and the um, the 49ers, who also won this weekend. So one of the three games did help us, and that was the game that we needed the most, you know, we needed the Lions to lose. Now that gives the Eagles a two-game cushion over everybody in the NFC. They only had one versus the Lions prior to their loss this uh, on Thursday. So that helps the Eagles. They get some help. Now they got to take advantage of that help. How do they do that? Got to beat the Bills. Got to beat the Bills. All right. So this is as important of a game as it always has been for the Eagles to take advantage of that loss to the Lions. Because if the Eagles go down, now you got three teams that jump a game. Lions would break even, still be one mile. But then you have both the 49ers and Dallas that will pick up a game. Dallas, who has looked really impressive over the last several games, but they played nobody. I mean, let's face it. I mean, everyone that's now putting Dak into the MVP category in consideration, come on now. He's putting up big numbers against bad teams. Carolina, Washington. I mean, the Washington Commanders are one of the worst teams in the entire league right now. They got smoked by the Giants, who are terrible, and got totally annihilated by the Cowboys. I mean, that team is just horrible. Horrible. How can you lose number one to the Giants, who basically have given up on their season and are starting a third-string quarterback? And then you get, you know, then you don't even compete against the Cowboys. I mean, they're, they're, that's probably the worst team in the league right now. One of the worst. Um. That team's just completely in in disarray. Um, So they're not going to help us. We're not going to get any help from Washington versus the Cowboys this year. That's going to give them two easy wins. They already got one of them. 49ers, they got a tough schedule, tougher schedule than Dallas. And we got a chance because we played both of them, obviously, head-to-head here. Got the 49ers next weekend, and then the Cowboys coming up after that. So, um, you know, the Eagles have everything in front of them, as we know. And they also have a two-game cushion that you don't want to see um, be compromised here. So the best way to do that is to go out and beat the Bills, who are going to be a tough team. This is not uh, – we knew they were going to be a tough team. And even though the Bills are sub-500, right around a 500 team this year, you have to respect them. Because they can roll any team. They have the talent. Josh Allen is a big game. He can beat anybody. That's how good the Bills are. They were also a playoff-tested team that knows when to turn it on. So, you know, they got a lot of weapons, too. Stephon Diggs, great wide receiver, one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, You know, Allen, the quarterback, when he's on, can argue he's one of the best, clearly, in the NFL. Pretty good running back and cook. Davis can be dangerous. Their other wide receiver is the deep threat. Got to pay attention to him. Kincaid, their uh, rookie tight end. Really good player. Very talented player. Could be hearing from him for many years down the road. 
Our old coach, Sean McDermott, pretty decent defense, too. Get to the, get a pass rush on. They got a pretty good secondary. They're banged up a little bit in the secondary. We're talking about that. But this is a formidable Bills team, and they're going to be ready. So the Eagles need to counter that. And this game is sandwiched in between the big Kansas City game on the road and the big 49er game next weekend. So it's one of those games where the Eagles could have a letdown mentally. And uh, if that happens, the Bills will take it. So, you know, that's probably my only concern in this game is having a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a mental letdown knowing that the 49ers are up next week and they're just coming off a big Monday night victory over the Chiefs on the road. So this could be one of those games that if the Eagles are not up to it, the Bills will take it. Now, one of the things that I think that will help in that respect of the Eagles overlooking the Bills, potentially, is this is the second, there's only two times this entire year that the Eagles are in their Kelly Greens. And this is the second game that they are in their Kelly Greens. So I think because of that, there will be that extra little, I don't know, a variable in the game that I think might, you know, just keep the Eagles uh, in line and in tune with this game to uh, to be up for it, you know. It sounds kind of silly just saying that with a uniform change, but that's just, I feel like it's going to play a difference. I do, I do. And I just feel that if Allen puts this, these, these throws up for grabs, the Eagles need to take advantage of it. That's what I think as I kind of decipher how I feel about this game. Now, my preseason predictions, I had the Eagles losing this game. I had them losing two straight to the Chiefs and the Bills. And then I had them beating the 49ers. So my preseason prediction, I'm losing this game. I had them losing to the Chiefs. Now, I made a reference when I I didn't have a pregame like I normally do for the Chiefs. And I explained why I had a really super busy week that week. I wasn't able to get to the, to the pregame podcast. But I did allude to the fact that I might make a change and pick the Eagles to beat the Chiefs last week. Um, but I can't technically say that because I never actually officially said it on my podcast. Never actually predicted uh, the outcome. So I got to go back and default to what I predicted in the preseason before the season started podcast when I we went through the schedule and predicted the record. So, um, you know, I took a, took a loss because the Eagles won. So. Hey, I'm always always happy to be take a loss if the Eagles win. <laughs> always. <laughs> always. So uh but I did have the Eagles losing to the Chiefs, and I thought what I thought would be a close game, and I also have them losing to the Bills. Uh, in my preseason prediction. That's not my official one, because I'm giving you my official one here at the end of this podcast. So stay tuned for that. See if my feelings about this game changes at all. Now, um gonna break down, gonna go over the injury list. Uh, there is a little bit of news that came out today. Before I get to that, remember you can email the show at petwgp at gmail.com. Again, email us at petwgp at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on the season. Let us know your thoughts on the Eagles-Bills game, the Chiefs game. Whatever your thoughts you have. If you just have a question for me, let me know. I'll answer it on the air. Okay? Um, 
So yeah, utilize that. All right. I know most of you are probably driving right now or in the middle of something, but uh, take that email address down and shoot me an email and uh, you know, we'll, uh, we will, uh, you know, answer it on the air if it's a question or uh, I'll give some feedback or answer any type of commentary that you may have that you send to the show. So again, one last time, that email address is P-E-T-W-G-P. I know I'm going pretty fast when I say it now. P-E-T-W-G-P at gmail.com. All right. So um, some news today, which probably made some Eagle fans happy. I am not part of that crowd, but he is. Uh, this player's drawn the ire of Eagle fans and some Eagle fans over the, over the years. Uh, Derek Barnett was released today by the Eagles. Now I saw this coming, only because he's been missed the last couple of games. He was going to miss this one, missed the last game because of personal reasons, which, as we know. Doesn't take rocket science to understand what those personal reasons were. Because Barnett has been unhappy with his playing time this season as he's been relegated off the bench and as a rotational player and really limited rotation. He's not been playing much. So it's not surprising that the Eagles released Barnett today. It'll be interesting to see which team grabs him because there's no doubt there will be a team that's going to grab Barnett. Now, will it be a NFC contender? Probably. Um, it could be somebody like, um, well, I don't know if it'll be necessarily a contender, but certainly I think a team should give him a shot. That might be a contender. But I could definitely see a team like, for me, the Washington, which is a team that you know traded both Young and Sweat the way to bring a guy like Barnett in there is still in his mid-20s in his prime of his career at a bargain price. Um, to me, that would make sense. But I don't know. We'll see where he ends up. Just out of curiosity. Now, Barnett will end his career. Now, I'll take a step back here. He was the, you may recall, the 14th overall pick in the 2017 NFL Draft. A draft, by the way, that I was at. The only NFL draft that I ever attended, you may recall that that 27-gene draft was in Philadelphia. And yours truly went down. Once I found out I was going to be in Philly, I went down, got my tickets, and, and was there the entire uh, draft day. Took part in the experience. So I could say that I've kind of gone through that. It was exciting. Uh, and Barnett was their Eagles first-round pick that year. Ended up not being a good draft. Because, I mean, let's face it, even though I think Barnett is a pretty good player, I don't say that he sucks like some Eagle fans do and can't stand him because of some of the dumb penalties he's made over the years, which truly he definitely has. Uh, but I think that Barnett's a productive player. Now, is he ever lived up to the being the 14th overall pick, you know, in the draft? No, no. But I would not call Derek Barnett a bust. Some Eagle fans call him a bust just because he was the first round pick. Now, it all defend, depends on how you – Define bust. You know, for me, I get a little bit of higher standard, I guess. I don't define a bust as a guy who doesn't live up to his overall number one draft status. Uh, well, not overall, not, not number one overall, but 14th overall draft status, first round pick. Um, 
you know, if he's still a productive player in the league, that doesn't make him a bust. And Barnett is a productive player. His stats going into this season, 61 games, 21 and a half sacks. I mean, that's not being unproductive. Now, it's not first-round pick production, so okay, I'm with you on that. Three forced fumbles as well in his career. And in this season, he's played eight games and only has one tackle, no sacks. So, but this was, you know, that eight games is kind of misleading because, yeah, he's been suited up for eight games, but he's rarely played in any of those games. But 61 games in his Eagles career, 21 and a half sacks, that's not bad. So he wasn't a bust the way that I define bust. Um, but he certainly was not, you know, that's not production of a first round pick. That is true. Now, we'll always uh, give him all the flowers in the world, all the props, all the accolades for being the one who recovered the strip sack for Brandon Graham in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady. It was Derek Barnett who recovered that fumble. It was Johnny on the spot and got that turnover. So for that alone, he will always be in the memories of Philadelphia Eagle fans. Even the ones that aren't born today. For future Eagle fans, they will know the name Derek Burnett. Or at least know who that player was. The one who recovered Tom Brady's fumble. Which inevitably led to the uh, Eagles winning the uh, kind of clinched it at that point, even though we had to survive one last Brady uh, run there at the end of the game. But that was pretty much what did it. That sealed the game. So Derek Burnett, uh, we wish him well here on Philadelphia Eagles Talk with, with Jeff. Um, I didn't have the hatred of Burnett ever. Yeah, I was just as angry and upset, cussing out when he – you know, got the stupid late hit penalties and stuff like that that he did. He was much, he was a very, kind of an undisciplined player, that's for sure. And this guy had a lot of high expectations. You know, he came from Tennessee. He broke Reggie White's career college record at that university. So there's probably some Eagle fans out there that had unrealistic expectations that this guy was going to be the next Reggie White, which there will never be another Reggie White. So anyone who thought that was just being unrealistic anyway. Um, but certainly we had high hopes on that draft pick. That ended up being not a good draft for the Eagles, too. I don't know who they really picked from third round and later, but I do know that in the second round, that is when Eagles reached and picked Sidney Jones. And obviously Sidney was coming off that, you know, very bad injury that he had in uh, late in the college season or in the combine. I forget what it, what it was, but – he tore his Achilles or something like that. I can't remember. He had a significant uh, injury. So he was, you know, projected to be a first-round pick, like a top-of-the-draft type pick. Eagles snagged him in the second round, and he didn't really have much of an Eagles career or NFL career. Not sure if he's still in the league. Last I knew he was on the Seahawks. But um, I don't believe he's even there anymore. I'm not sure where he's playing now. But uh, – but anyway, that draft now with the release of Barnett is going to be a bad draft. No other ways around it. 
It happened to be the draft, by the way, that Patrick Mahomes was drafted in, if you remember. So, good luck to Derek Barnett. Um, the other news that's out there, and this is intriguing to me, because I really feel that Howie needs to do a job here and bring in Darius Shaq Leonard from the Colts. If for no other reason the Eagles need depth at linebacker, I'm not expecting Darius Leonard to be the same Darius Leonard that made the Pro Bowl three times uh, with the Colts. He was one of the best linebackers in the NFL for a good five year stretch. Now he's been, you know, he's been injured. He got injured hurt last year, and he's hasn't been all that productive this year. But we don't need him to be the Pro Bowl Darius Leonard. He now goes by the name Shaq Leonard. That's why I was calling him Shaq. We don't need him to be that player. But to me, and I don't know how much he's going to cost. He's probably going to go to the highest bidder because I'm sure there's going to be other – I know there's other teams under the Eagles looking at him. And the Eagles are rumored to be looking at him. So thankfully for that, hopefully that is true. How he's, I'm hoping, is going to get him in here because let's just think about this. The Eagles have Zach Cunningham, who they picked off the scrap heap before the season. And – it's been a great move because he's been a really good player. I've talked about his range and, and how well he's looked on the field. They got lucky because that guy can still play, and he shouldn't have been out there to begin with. Derek Morrow. I think his name is Derek. I'm so bad with names. Or Keith Morrow. Whatever. Keith. Whatever. You guys know what I'm talking about. Morrow has been great. He outplayed the Kobe Dean. Nicobe Dean ended up, you know, getting his starting role back when he got, you know, back from his first injury and then ended up getting hurt again. So now Murrow is the guy. But there's no depth behind this these two guys. And they're both, at least one of them, being Cunningham, is an older player. The Eagles got to get a guy in here that's experienced. They have to. Like, this is a big-time need for the Eagles. Now, I know they don't put a lot of stock in the linebacker position. But you know what? This is a Super Bowl contending team. And you need to have a guy that you can plug in there with experience. Yeah, okay. He's not the great Pro Bowl player he once was. He's experienced. You need experienced guys. And he can come in and fill in if something happens to one of those two guys. And to think that they're going to go the rest of the season without being dinged up in the linebacker position? You're kidding yourself. This is a gift by the Colts. Howie needs to get him in here. He does. Especially when you hear the Cowboys are in this hunt for him as well. Because they lost uh, Vander, Vander, Vander Esch. <laughs> I butcher names on you all the time. Uh, but Vander Esch, they lost for the season in the Cowboys. So they're looking for depth. At linebacker. So Howie, get him here. It's a gift to bring a guy, if to have an opportunity to bring a guy with the type of experience that he has on a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. But Dallas, I'm sure, is thinking the same thing. And you don't want him going to Dallas. Then it hurts you twofold. And I'm sure Dallas is thinking the same thing. We need to get him because otherwise the Eagles are going to get him. So might be a nice bidding war over the rights to Darius Leonard. So we'll see what happens. 
Now, Leonard in his career, ironically, 61 games, same amount as Barnett, 385 tackles, 17 forced fumbles, which is an incredible high number, 17 forced fumbles, three-time Pro Bowler. This year, nine games, he's only made 34 tackles. So, again, he's not – he's certainly fallen off from his Pro Bowl status. He's been in the league a long time now. He's been banged up. But, again, you're bringing this guy in here not for him to be a Pro Bowl linebacker. You're bringing him in to be able to come right in and start if need be. Experienced guy with those type of accolades. That's why you bring him in here. So Howie be a very smart move for you to do that. So we'll see what happens. Um, so we talked about the Bills and their weapons. Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, you know, the two wide outs. Diggs, one of the top wide receivers in the league. Davis is a pretty good complimentary number two. Speed guy, you got to watch out for him. He's also very good in the red zone. Kincaid is a developing young tight end who's got star written all over him, teacher star. And Cook, um, James Cook, the brother of Dalvin Cook, has been a very good productive back there for the uh, for the Buffalo Bills as well. So there's a good team coming in here. Josh Allen, top quarterback. Um, he's a gamer. These guys are going to be going for it for sure. They need this win. They need this win, and uh, they're looking to play the role upset. Well, it'll be interesting to see because the Bills are one of those – the Bills fan base is a team that travels very well, much like Eagle fans, and no team's fan base travels like Eagles do. We're definitely number one in that category. But the Bills do travel. Their fans do, and you know Philadelphia's not all that far away from the Bills. It's like a six-hour drive for those folks, seven-hour drive maybe. Six or seven, something like that. So I wonder, you know, how much, how many Bill fans will make that trip down. Now, you remember earlier this year, we had uh, Johnny, uh, the Commanders fan, friend of the program. He went to the Bills-Washington game, and he said there was a ton of Bills fans at that game. So they made all the trip down to D.C. Philadelphia is not as long of a trip. So... Now, obviously, it's far harder ticket to get to see the Eagles than it is the Commanders. So that's not even a comparison. But my point is, we see, it'll be interesting to see how many uh, Bills fans make that trip down. I wouldn't expect there to be too many, but they do travel, so we'll see. To the injuries, a name that popped up on the list just today is Devontae Smith with a knee. So, now, I don't think it's all that surprising because he did, he was limping off uh, the field at very late in the game against the Chiefs. So, to me, it's probably related to that. But he wasn't on the list all week as being an injure, uh, injury, and it was today. Now, he's expected to play, so I'm not going to put anybody in panic mode. It's not like he's, um, you know, expected to miss the game, but he is designated as a knee injury for Devontae Smith. Quez Watkins is available to be taken off the 21-day practice list, so will he be active for this game? If they do, they're going to make a roster move, I believe. 
although they may have one open now that they release Barnett, so maybe they won't have to make a roster move. Uh, but either way, Quez Watkins is possible. Uh, he could be ready to return. So we'll see what happens there. Out for the game, there's four guys out for the Eagles, and one of them is a big loss. Outside of Goddard, I'm not talking about him. We already know he's out. So uh, he's one of the four that is out for this game. Uh, and obviously he's a big loss, but that's not who I was talking about because we're, we're, we know he's going to be out. Milton Williams, uh, who is one of the unsung heroes on this team. I've talked about it. Um, love watching this guy. He's so underrated on this team. Unfortunately, he's missing the game with a concussion. Uh, he got concussed uh, during the Monday night game against the Chiefs and is not going to have enough time to get out of the protocol. So uh, he will miss the game. That's a big loss for the Eagles in terms of their defensive line depth. Uh, Calcaterra, this guy just can't stay healthy. I, I don't know. He's already got concussion issues. I'm not sure if this guy is destined to be uh, a future Eagle for that much longer, quite honestly. Um I don't know. He just seems to be always hurt. He's got ability. He's got ability, but I don't know. The guys just can't stay healthy. Uh, he's, you know, he got, he just came off the list, uh, the IR to play last week, or was, you know, going to get more time because of Goddard being out, and he gets himself hurt in that game. And he barely even played in that game. So he didn't even play it much, and he got hurt anyway. Out with an ankle, so he's out. And Justin Evans is still not quite ready to uh, come back from his injury. I would say they're probably being cautious with him and will want him probably to be back for the uh, for the 49er game and a Dallas game is coming up. So they're going to give him another week, I'm sure. I think that's playing into it. He probably could play this week if he needed to. I'm speculating, by the way. I have no inside information on that. I just am kind of trying to read the tea leaves here, and I think they're just going to give him another week to uh, – to get that knee right and uh, bring him, activate him back for the uh, 49er game and, and have him from hopefully him in Dallas. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I see that. But those are the four guys that are out. Milton Williams, Calcaterra, tight end, Justin Evans, the uh, uh, slot corner slash safety, and uh, Goddard. All right. So uh, that's for the Eagles. For the Bills, they are going to be without um, Dave Jackson, their cornerback and Taylor Rupp, Rapp, rather, uh, their safety. So Taylor Rapp and uh, Dave Jackson are both out in the secondary for the Bills. So, um, yeah, we'll see if the Eagles can, can take advantage of that. All right, so we come to prediction time for this game. Eagles at home also makes a big difference in this game because the Bills are tough to beat. You know, in Buffalo. Um, I was hearing that there's going to be rain during this game. I don't know what the latest forecast is. But if it's kind of a rainy, sloppy game, I think that will favor the Eagles. So, um, I'm trying to kind of think if, if there's enough for this game for me to overturn my preseason prediction of the Eagles losing this game. And I think there is because the Bills are not playing as well as I expected them to be. So that's one factor. Probably the biggest factor. Secondly, this is one of the games that's designated for Kelly Green jerseys. And I do think, believe it or not, as silly as it may sound, that that actually makes a little bit of a difference in terms of the mindset of the game. 
and not having, you know, sort of overlooking the team because it just gives the game a little extra juice, which in this type of a sandwich game between the Monday night game against the Chiefs on the road and the big 49ers matchup next week, I think something like that makes a difference. I do. Call me crazy. And the fact that, you know, actually both quarterbacks have turned the ball over a lot this year. Um, Jalen Hurts has been more on deflections and stuff like that, or like last week when A.J. Brown ran the wrong route or adjusted his route, you know, midstream. That was not Jalen Hurts' fault, that pick that he threw. But it was a turnover nevertheless. As I try to get the marbles out of my mouth. Um, is it going to be enough? It's, you know, if it rains, if it, if it is kind of another rainy, kind of gloomy day, not that the Bills of all teams, if there's one team that knows how to play in bad weather conditions, it's definitely the Bills. So I don't expect it to, you know, disrupt them all that much. They're used to playing in nasty weather. This isn't like the 49ers coming in or one of these southern teams, Florida teams, for example, or I don't know, the Saints or something like that. Um, I'm on the fence about this one, guys. Think it out loud, because I really haven't made a prediction yet. I've saved it for the air. Uh, you know, the, the fact that the Eagles still have not played well all season. You're just waiting for that one game where the Eagles just have a complete game and play well. We haven't seen it all year, really. Game against Miami... The Dolphins game is probably the best the Eagles have played all season. If there's one game you kind of pick out of all of them so far where they played well on offense and well on defense, it's probably that Dolphins game. Otherwise, they really haven't played well all season in terms of consistency and having the defense and offense play well both in the same game. They've had games where the defense played pretty well, the offense kind of crapped the bed. And they've had games where the offense played well and the defense crapped the bed. Will this be more of a complete game for the Eagles where they put them both together? It's got to happen at some point. The Eagles are too good not to. I think the secondary is starting to show signs of getting better. Now that they've got Bird going, or Bayard rather, I keep going to Bird. Bayard, you know, Roby in a slot. I think made a difference, especially in the second half. Those guys really clamped down last week against the Pat Mahomes offense. I think the crowd be amped up as always. Trying to talk myself, if you haven't picked up on it, of making a switch and picking the Eagles to beat the Bills. Trying to talk myself into it. Is there enough for me to Make that change. I usually stick to my preseason predictions. I usually do. It's kind of hard for me to override them. But I think I might. I think I may just do that. By the way, the 49ers, that's going to be a tough battle next week. I'm not going to try to overlook it myself. I'm just making that note. That's going to be a war. That is going to be an absolute war. And they're coming after us, man. They, that team wants to beat us bad. There is a definitely underlying current 
of the 49ers trying to get redemption and revenge from last year. So this is the sandwich game in between the big Monday night game, the Gandy Reed after the bye on the road. Eagles got to win. 49ers next week. Huge battle, NFC. Again, at home. And in between, here it is, the Bills. Team that's desperate to win. They really need the win. Miami won again. Bills really need this win. They need this game bad. Kelly Green's. I really think I mean, you guys are going to call me nuts. Or maybe you're not. Maybe you can understand what I'm saying. I think the Kelly Greens are is going to play a factor here. Just giving them that extra boost. I just feel I can't get past that. And I think it's going to be enough for me to overturn my preseason prediction. Eagles. There you have it. 27-24 Eagles will beat the Bills. I did it. I changed one of my picks. Haven't done it all year. Like I said, it's tough to do that. But, you know, we're going to go with the Kelly Greens. That's what we're going to do, folks. So with that, Thank you again for tuning in to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. We will be back, of course, for the post game. Make sure you come back for it. Make sure you follow the program so you get the alert when I do post that podcast. You can listen to my recap of the game and hopefully an Eagles victory there on Sunday. It's a late game, 425 start on Sunday. Eagles-Buffalo. I'm picking the Eagles. Kelly Greens will be the difference. 27-24. Fly. Eagles fly. We'll catch you in the post game. Take care.